Behind the back, it gets through Buckner. Here comes Knight, and the Mets win it. I consider myself the luckiest man on the face of the earth. The Rangers are hot, and they may have a shot. Can they win it all? Will they stumble and fall? The Rangers are the second best team in baseball right now. Welcome to the Long Gone Podcast. It is me, Michael, and with me as always, S-Man. What up? Steve Ford. How's it going, man? It's going, man. Yeah. Uh, wow. Rangers are, like you said in your song. Hey, what song is that real quick? So, <laughs> it's uh, Bill Deal and the Rondells. It's a song uh, called May I. I think it's for 1968 or 1969. May I. Yeah, a little, little deep pull right there, huh? Yeah. Oh, deep pull. Yeah. I used it on the Rangers who are blowing oh, up yeah, the baseball are, world man. right now. Yeah, they are. Second best record. Uh, baseball, they've won eight out of ten. Well, they're playing as we speak uh, yep. right now, looking to sweep our 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 Detroit Tigers. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, you know they're doing it with everything right now. You know they have young uh, hitting. They got the veterans with Seager and Simeon stepping up. Jace Young looks, or sorry, Jace, uh, Josh Young. Sorry, Josh I Young, get, yeah. Yeah, Jace is with the uh, the Tigers organization, so he's uh, he's looking like a rookie of the year uh, contender right now, and. Uh, just a mix of uh, youngsters, veterans, and good pitching too. I mean, they signed Jacob Degrom, uh, you know, to be uh, that big name, but Jacob Degrom hasn't even really been around. They've had other people stepping up in his absence, and uh, you know, they look they look pretty fucking good. I mean, three games up right now in Houston, um, and just yeah, just a, a, a great start. Uh, keep it up. I mean, Nathan Nivaldi, he's seven and two with an ERA two point four two. Uh, you know, Martin, Martin, Martin Perez, six and one, uh, yep. ERA, you know, respectable John Gray or John Gray, five and one ERA under three, mm-hmm. you know, it's just, uh, you know, good, good pitching, good bullpen. Will Smith is, uh, he's, he's, he's hot shit and, uh, good hitting and Bruce Bochy. Bruce Bochy is, uh, the manager that this team needed. So yeah, I like it. I like it. Yeah. The Rangers are looking good. Yeah, and if you go on BavadaSportsbook.com, they are right now spanking the Tigers, but they're still a plus 105 to win. And that's kind of been kind of the motto for them this whole, this whole I don't know, month of May. I mean, they've been killing it in the month of May. And um, let, and it's weird, too, because they were winning before Corey Seager came back from yeah. from the IL. Yep. Uh, Marcus Simeon's having a real good year. And it's it's weird. I, you know, I still kind of put them in the Rangers or I'm sorry, in the in the Pittsburgh Pirates category, mm-hmm. because I, I think they're be- obviously better than the Pittsburgh Pirates. But we're starting right. to see the Pittsburgh Pirates now that they're 500 and, and sinking uh, in, second place <laughs> yes, in the NL in this in the NL Central. We're actually seeing them. We're seeing the real side. We're like, OK, that was just a real hot start and it will cool down. I kind of think the same thing will happen to the Rangers. Not as bad, but I, I think these guys are the real deal in the West. Yep. I will never count out the the Houston Astros. I'll just never count no. them out. 
nope. and I think they'll make a run at it for sure. But the Houston Texans or Texas Rangers, Houston Texans, listen to me. The well, the Texas Rangers. Right. <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh, well, if we want to talk football, uh, yeah. the the Texas Rangers are really good. And I, I honestly credit it to Bruce Bochy. I think mm-hmm. obviously they went all in on free agency, Steve, and we we yep. know that and they got the big arms. But Jacob DeGrom is not any factor in how they're winning. No. And Corey Seager while he is being a factor, he was hurt for a little bit there and they're still winning. So I think that's a testament to the coaching yep. and the development behind the young players on this team as well. I mean, you're getting the premier play out of people like Josh Young, who's a rookie, and you're getting premier play out of Leody Tavares. And obviously, Adolis Garcia doesn't have to feel like the weight's on his shoulders anymore. Right. Jonah Heim, their catcher, basically comes out of nowhere is doing something. I just I really like this lineup and I love the I pitching too. staff, um, what they're doing. I, but I want to say, Steve, I don't think I'm still going to stay true to my, I'm, you know, people at this point are probably like, oh, you never believed in the Texas Rangers. You said at the beginning of the season. No, no, no. I still don't believe in the Texas Rangers. <laughs> um, I, uh, you, you don't win. You don't build teams with Corey Seager and, and Marcus Seaman. If they win a World Series, then I'll eat crow. But at the right. same time. I think these this team is for real, and I think they will be one of the contenders in the West, Steve, but mm-hmm. I just don't think they have the longevity to keep going just because they don't have any stars other than DeGrom who might come back you know, soon. I just don't think that's a, a rotation that's going to carry you. No, they don't have the, really the experience either. Of, right. Uh, playoff, really big playoff experience uh, you know, outside of Seeker and Marcus Simeon for a, a cup of coffee. But yeah, no, I, I agree. I agree because p- pitching wins and uh, it always comes down to pitching, and like you said, yeah, this staff is doing great right now. But comes down to a best of five or a best of seven. Right. Does the staff stack up against a, another you know staff like uh, you know looking at staff like even Houston, what they have, and and yeah, yeah, uh, I, I, I see, where, I see where you're coming from, but they're doing great right now. That's the important thing. We're in the yes. now, and and they're yep. on fucking fire. So I, I couldn't agree more. I yeah. mean. Are we saying maybe maybe the reason they're winning is also because Robbie Grossman? <laughs> oh, come on. No, no. <laughs> no. Don't say that. No. You're like, well, you know, there's no one with real playoff experience yeah. in the team. I'm like, wait a minute. Robbie Grossman? Robbie Grossman. <laughs> yeah, with his 241 average. He does have yeah, 29 Terry, RBIs. Yeah, he does have the 29 RBIs. So that's pretty good. But but Josh Young is uh, killing it with 37 RBIs himself. So, and Simeon, holy cow, 44 RBIs. So. Yeah. yeah, this team is raking in the runs. I'll say that's an offensively balanced team. So yeah, I couldn't agree anymore. I, I they are very balanced. I, it's like I said, testament to Bruce Bochy for yep. putting in killer lineups day in and day out. Who would who would have thought he wasn't done managing when he After left? Three the years away, man, unbelievable. It's like he hasn't missed a step. Yeah, you know? he hasn't missed a step, and and he he seems to be okay with work fixing in lineups that yeah. work with today's game a little bit better yep. and. Yep. They with the pitch clock in full right now, you're you're seeing games go by a little bit quicker. It seems Bruce Bochy can handle that, uh, and his hitters can handle that as well, and his pitchers can handle that. So that's really good to see. So yeah, yeah, yeah. What else is also uh, good to see is uh, Liam Hendricks coming back. Do you see that? Do you see his little ovation that he got for his return uh, to the mound uh, earlier here? I think it was yeah, coming back from he had cancer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah he had uh, I think it was a non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. I think stage four. Um, right. So they they caught it early, which is great. And uh yeah, I mean, I came came back to a rousing ovation there from uh the White Sox faithful and it's good to see him back. You know, 
it's it's a great story to go from you know whenever you hear cancer that's always just a, a scary thing to hear it is it is and um to be able to to come back full circle and come out and uh and play again it's 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 great to watch i'm happy for him happy for the uh, the white Sox, and happy for his family and for baseball so i, I am too i, I think it's something it's the game is hard and mm-hmm. and aside from it being it being one of the hardest games that there is he's he has a few things kind of working against him and and and, yeah. and, and seriously cancer i mean it's um or the the non hodgkin's lymphoma that that's that's big you know that's a big thing and then when you come back you now have to be part of the rigor rigorous process of trying to get back into the groove, trying to, you know, cause you got to shake off that rust, right. And your okay. body's probably going to do different things since you've been worked on, since you had surgery and what have you. And then on top of that, you got to play 162 game season, mm-hmm. not saying he's pitching all those 162 games, but all the, the teams going to feel the the brunt of it. They're They're going to feel the long haul of the summer. Yeah. And that's really hard on somebody who's coming back from this and, mm-hmm. Um, and third off, you're playing for the Chicago White Sox, which suck. So, yeah. <laughs> well, you love the White overcome. Sox, Mike. You love them so much. Yeah, oh, I'm totally out on these fucking guys. Uh, <laughs> um, they lost three out of four to Detroit. It, it's a tough. It's tough for him. I mean, it's really tough for him. I mean, they're within five games of the you know, five six games back of first place. So I'm not saying it's totally out of reach for him, but I know for him coming on to a losing team, it's hard because mm-hmm. he is one of their better relief arms, one of their better bullpen arms. So uh, it's almost as if he's going to have to carry pick up that load again potentially because I just don't think they have a stellar. Some people say, well, their bullpen's not that bad. I don't know. No, I don't see them stakes. performing in big. I don't never see them performing in big moments. And Bavada, if you're a sports <laughs> better and you go on Bavada and you're trying to go with the White Sox, they're always have a negative score line. I mean, if you right now they're playing against the Los Angeles Angels who have shitty pitching today, you know, today they'll be playing with them and the Los Angeles Angels are about plus 122 to win. So I don't really see. And that's the the White Sox fate every fucking game. It seems they're just anybody they match up against. They're always the low man on the totem pole. They're always the underdog. But instead of fighting back, they just lay down and with injuries constantly to that team and just bad play management sucks. I I don't know what Gil Gilfoyle or Gilfrey or Pedro, their, their managers just, I don't know. I don't know. I understand some of his lineups, but at the same time, he doesn't really have a lot to work with. No. So good for Liam Hendricks being back, but I just don't, the work doesn't stop. You know, nope. uh, you got, you come back from this, from this horrible thing you had, and now you got to come back to a horrible franchise and try to figure out I, how do you play your game? You right. Know? So. Right. Bottom line, they still suck, but uh, he was definitely shaking off the rust in his return. He uh, pitched an inning. I think he gave up three hits, two runs. So Welcome back. Now it's going to be like spring training for the first few weeks for him, I think, getting back into this group. But it's great to uh, see him back on the mound uh, and cancer-free. Yeah, and, it's always man. good. Yeah, I totally agree. It's it's good that he's coming back cancer-free. And then on the other side of the spectrum, which I think you were just going to say was Mike, yep. Mike Soroka, right? <laughs> yep. Good, good transition there. Like Who's it. he coming now? He's coming back from God. He hasn't played since 2020. I want to say. Yeah, it's been almost three years since he pitched. He's come back with the Braves. He's had two uh, separate Achilles tears, and uh, he made That's his rough. return on Monday and went six innings. Took the loss, but still went six innings in a return. It's been almost three years. So uh-huh. I bet you know, even in the darkest days, if he was wondering if uh, he would ever come back from this two two Achilles tears, is uh, quite the feat to come back from. So yeah. to, uh, to have him uh, 
have him do that is is unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. and Mike Soroka, this is a different journey, right? This is coming yeah. back from from an injury, from a bad injury, and Achilles. Yep. That's something that takes you out for a whole year. That's really yep. hard to come back from. I remember when Kevin Durant got it mm-hmm. uh, back some year, a few bit years ago, a handful of years ago. I mean, it took him almost a whole year to get yeah, over. But Clay Thompson too. Clay Thompson. Oh yeah, that's yeah. that's right. And, same team. <laughs> it was like and, knocked and, them both out. Oh, it, yeah, and if you look at the timeline of his injuries, so he basically, I'm looking at the timeline of Mike Soroka's injury, basically began the 2021 season. Uh, well, first he he damaged it in uh, the end of, well, he de- ended it in uh, t- 2020. So July Ooh. 24th, that's when he got his injury. He began the 21, 2021 season on the 60-day DIL. Um, and then because he had the Achilles uh, surgery uh, and then he, I guess he had a minor setback while recovering from it and was forced to go yes. a second surgery on his Achilles. And then he, so he missed all the 21 and then while walking back to the clubhouse, June 24th, he suffered a complete re-tear of his Achilles yeah. effectively ending his season, which would have been like last year, I believe. Mm-hmm. So it fucking sucks. And that was the year that they ended up going. The 2021 is when he went to the World Series and won Seriously it. So won it. Yep. he missed all of that. And we're talking about a 25 year old right now and who's missed 1,030 days of, of, of baseball. It's been 1,030 days since he's last played in the majors. So 25 wow. years old, going to be 26 in August. He can't remember at the, with the time he was like one of their top pitchers. He, me and him yep. and Ian Anderson were their best pitchers. We knew nothing about Spencer Strider, who was still yep. coming up in the minors. We knew nothing about some of the Dodd and some of these other guys who were coming up. Um, and the fact that Soroka, it's almost like a Glassnow thing, right? When yeah. Tyler Glassnow yeah. went down, now it's, oh, yeah, I remember he plays for that team. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of that, it's good. Yeah, good to do it. Good to see him back. He did, um, was it? His, his rookie year that he was pitching, I think he finished like second or third in the rookie of the year voting and top five in Cy Young. And definitely the, the future was bright and then major setbacks. And hopefully he's back on the right right track and can can stay healthy and help a already really good Braves rotation here just get even even better. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. Because it's, like it's almost like an embarrassment. You know? It's an embarrassment of riches at yeah. this point with the Atlanta Braves. I mean, because they've already, when Freddie Freeman left that team, the one thing you yep. could count on them having is a hell of a pitching rotation. I yep. mean, they have just the young guns to make it happen. I mean, it's it's one of those things where, you know, it's like, okay, it's like a next up thing. Okay, well, who who's next up if such and such goes down? Well, okay, we have Max Freed. We have who's on the 15 day IL. And then it's like, Oh, Kyle, Wright. Oh, he's on the 60 day. So he's not there. It's like, okay, well throw in Bryce Elder, who was a top prospect. You got Jared yeah. Schuster, uh, Charlie Morton, who Charlie uh, the ageless wonder, the ageless wonder of that, of that uh, team or of that rotation. And the guy who was with the Astros, I believe when they won their first world series mm-hmm. in 2017. Yep. So, and then, Oh yeah, we're talking Strider. Who's become the Clayton Kershaw baseball. So, it's wild. It's just an embarrassment of riches. And then you add Mike Soroka on that. And I will say yeah. this, Steve, at least it's an Achilles injury yep. and it, it it's a lower body. It's not upper body because when right. you start having upper bodies as a pitcher, yeah. bicep, anything with your arm, arm. yep. Then that's it's, major red flags. Right oh, there bro, it's from. that's what Tyler Glass now is going through. So, yep. and you start getting these dead arm performances. That's what Casey Mises went through. You start mm-hmm. getting these, de- these these dead arm situations, and it's like fuck. Yep. Yep. So yeah, good thing. Yeah, silver lining. At least it's with the lower body and not the the upper body. So yeah, man, 
Oh, boy. One thing I didn't throw it on the rundown. I just want to get your thoughts on. <clears throat> we have our first MLB produced uh, telecast uh, for a baseball team starting today. Right. Uh, the Padres are now going to be produced. All their production is produced by MLB. Uh, sounds like Bally is no longer uh, doing uh, the Padres games and uh, everything's going to be produced by MLB and distributed to uh, their local affiliates. So that kicks off. The first team does that today. So yeah, that, uh, that is kind of uh, nuts. I mean, that was something that was going to be threatened with Valley Sports with yep. many teams. Remember, we yep. were talking about, well, what what are we going to do with Valley Sports, Arizona and Detroit and some of these? And MLB felt very confident that they can run the production yep. side of things, which that's yeah. <laughs> that's a testament to Rob Manfred, who I never yep. give a lot of props to. But that's a testament to showing him his readiness if mm-hmm. something like this were to happen. And it finally did happen. And suddenly now the the, the Padres are going to be mlb to produced um yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know i mean i i, I don't think it's bad I, I think it sucks for the padres that they're a shitty team for some reason right now but right right um, I, don't, I don't think it sucks for for viewership or anything it sucks no. for you know valley sports as a whole uh right, but exactly. but basically they're keeping the same staff it's the same radio team the same broadcast team on, on tv it's basically they're not going to miss a beat it's just instead of being on valley it's going to be on the local affiliates and also on mlb.com i think uh, people in the san diego area can sign up for uh to get the padres for like 20 bucks a month or something so if you don't have cable you can still stream your padres through mlb for like 20 bucks a month so there we go yeah so you know sucks for valley sucks the padres still suck but uh yeah it sounds like you know Sounds like they're not missing a beat, which is good on MLB for uh, for sticking to their word to say if this happens, we'll step right in, and they got everything put together and stepping right in, starting today for the Padres. So. Yeah, and just like I said, just being ready, being ready yep. for it. Yep. I think it's just something that they planned. I think they knew months in advance. Probably Valley gave them the heads yeah. up, or they were yep. seeing that they weren't paying those bills. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> so mm-hmm. They were like, "Oh man, what are we gonna no. do?" Um, especially <laughs> when you have so many sponsors yep. uh that because think about it if you don't have a television production you can't do anything yeah um, especially with now with you have big sports uh, because right beard's taking a back seat because their yep. whole fiasco and uh budweiser stuff they're usually mm-hmm. a huge uh sponsor but then if you get sports betting like bavada bavada yep. uh, has sponsorships out there and those kind of sites and places sports books and what have you they will all back out of yep. any deals that's a null and void deal so it was good on mlb to being able to help these teams be able to keep these deals by producing or uh, their own content producing the content where people like valley sports can't come through so right right i mean a lot of stuff is happening in baseball of course we're getting into june june's coming right now right. we're recording the show on may 31st so june is tomorrow and we're getting into the summer and as you guys know when we do summer that's when we do our forgotten series yeah yeah man this year i thought there's a lot of forgotten players right and i've been looking at one thing i've been on this kick lately and it's probably been because mlb the show and it's been the negro league players the the people who 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 means something to the, who meant something to the Negro Leagues and still means something to baseball yeah. and but there are a lot of, a lot of them are forgotten and, mm-hmm. and the guy we're going to talk about here in a second the reason why he's been forgotten largely is because the Negro Leagues up until their last handful of years never really kept a lot of stats, stats yeah. so some of the greats we're just not sure of it's all word of mouth it's uh, from Stories, the millions yeah. and thousands that have watched them around the country. Mm-hmm. And slowly, those people are starting to die off as we get further further away from that. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, you're seeing a lot of World War II vets die, and that's the same thing with Negro League baseball. I mean, you're seeing the Negro League players, a lot of those guys are passing on. Some of the greats, I mean, there's most of them are passed away. There's not many left. No, there's not, which yeah. is kind of sad because it, when you look at the history of the Negro Leagues, you 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 always think of Satchel Paige and Jackie yeah. Robinson and what have you, and uh, it's Buck just, O'Neill and Buck yeah. O'Neill, Rube Foster, one yeah. of the, the godfathers of it, and um, you know, this was a league that was from 1920 to 1948. Yeah. Once the Jackie Robinson broke through, that's kind of where it ended, and I think that's how it was meant to be. What did what did Buck O'Neill say? He he got in at the because people were always sad that he never really got his shot. And he goes, no, right. no, no, I got in at the right time, and yep. I was right on time. That's what he would say, and that's when he usually became kind of a, a coach with the with the Cubs, helping yep. them down the line, scouting so, and all that. Yeah, yeah, a big, big time man. So, and today for our forgotten series, uh, we thought it'd be fantastic to talk about our number one or the or for our first forgotten series of this year to talk about josh gibson josh gibson also known as the black babe ruth yes he he was that good one of the premier power power hitters of his time like you said that a lot of the negro league stats weren't kept but the stats we do have is a career 374 batting average condition 374 for your whole career you know uh could hit the ball, 165 career that we know of, home runs. I'm sure there's a lot more than that. Same thing with oh. runs batted in, 725 runs batted in that we know of. I'm sure there's a lot more of that, too. Over 800 hits. I'm guessing he eclipsed probably a couple thousands, my guess. Um, yeah. But just uh, uh, an amazing player that you said, yeah, that we we don't, you know, doesn't get talked about enough, I don't think. And, uh, you know, spent... A good bulk of his time, you know, he bounced around uh, the Negro Leagues, you know, but spent a, bu- a bulk of his time in Pittsburgh, which is why he was a uh, member of the he's a member of the Pirates Hall of Fame yep. and also in the uh, Washington Nationals as part of their ring of honor. So and I think if I recall, he's the second Negro League player to be inducted into baseball's Hall of Fame. So, yeah, man, man, right. rightfully so, man. And yep. he was very sad when so it was said anyway, that he was very sad when. Jackie Robinson did was the one of the ones to first get called up because people like Satchel Page and 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 Hank Thompson and mm-hmm. and Josh Gibson themselves were looking yep. at it like Cool Papa Bell and them they thought oh we would be the first because yep. they were the stars of the league because remember yep. Jackie Robinson really wasn't really wasn't a star in Negro League baseball he was no. one of the tops of the games but he was like early in his career you know yep. yeah he was very yeah very early on in his career when he got you know when he got called up but you know you look at you know. Someone like Josh Gibson, who, who, you know, around the time that, you know, Jackie was coming up and he was only, you know, 34, 35 years old. So you know, he could have been a person that they br- uh, bring up too, because arguably he was, you know, a fa- fantastic player in one season, 1933, what he hit <laughs> 467. Holy, holy cow, with 55 home runs and 137 yeah. games against all levels of competition. That's unbelievable. Yeah. And it's hard with some of these stats because, they didn't. They didn't keep stats on every yep. game, and these are only the games that they knew I they had stats for. Exactly. Like for instance, we're we're looking at games in 1930 and 1933 and 1934. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're talking about 68 games played, 65 games played. That's the games that they had that kept the of. stats for. Yep. So it's really and so that's pretty good that they were able to find keep stats in some of these. Right. But at the same time, they just they didn't keep worldly stats because people would say, no, Josh Gibson was hitting like every other game, hitting a home run. Yeah. So 
that's why they would say he called them they call them the Black Babe Ruth because he they they figure a lot of people, the, a lot of the reporters who did the black reporters who did cover the Negro Leagues and a lot of the fans and a lot of the teams and just everybody who yep. was involved in this league, they would say that if they were really holding stats true, they think that Josh Gibson had 800 plus home runs for Ooh. his career. Yeah. I mean, that yep. would shatter Hank, Hank Aaron. Hank Aaron uh, yep, and Barry Bonds. And and, Barry Bonds. Yep, it would shatter yep. those records completely, but mm-hmm. that was something that they never really, they didn't really hold on to. And especially, and a lot of these guys were st- barnstorming. Barnstorming would be yeah. kind of like an all-star team of players would barnstorm and kind of be like the Harlem Globetrotters. The Harlem right, Globetrotters it's like a, a travel team, so to speak, Yeah, you know, of, of players. Yeah, And it was really smart back then because they brought up baseball to communities that did weren't able to have a major league team in their state so mm-hmm. they would and weren't able people couldn't see babe ruth every time so babe ruth even barnstormed ty cobb barnstormed i mean nope. and the negro leagues did that there were cities and states that didn't have these teams so the barnstorming helped them understand who satchel page was yep. and jackie robinson and what have you so josh gibson was a huge part of that and yep. if you listen to some of the stories of a lot of those people. Josh Gibson was the star, the essential quintessential mm-hmm. star and uh, being a catcher behind the, pl- you know, being a catcher as well. He was arguably the best catcher of his time in the thirties yep. and forties. So, um, it's the right size for a catcher too. You know, he wasn't too tall, just had the, uh, you know, is he, let's say six, one or so yeah. over 200 pounds. Yeah. Just that, that right size that you want to see, uh, see in a catcher. Yeah. He kind of had like a Jimmy Fox kind yeah. of, appearance because he was a predominantly right he was a right-handed hitter and he threw right he was basically like a a jimmy fox at that time and just the the amount of power he had and his knack for being able to drive in runs i mean he would bat three four and five religiously so in today's game i would say you would want to keep him there but i can see him moving to the two spot i can see him staying in five just depending on what your lineup looks like, but mm-hmm. he, you know, he's the kind of guy, like you said, yeah, he's the right size. He's that, he was that size for a catcher, good big target for a catcher mm-hmm. or as a catcher. So people like Satchel or your primary pitchers, uh, John Donaldson, those kind of guys could, yeah. could, could really count on them to call good games. Yeah. I think with his average, the way it is, I'd like to see, yeah, he's, he's a, he's a top of the order. I mean, with his power, obviously you'd think clean up, you know, three, four, somewhere around there. But yeah, I mean, I, I like to see, you know, you, you want your people at the top of the lineup to get on base. And he obviously was getting on base when you're batting over 400. So yeah, un- unbelievable. Yeah. Um, yeah. He started out with uh, the Memphis Red Sox, went to the Homestead Grays, which you said earlier was the predominant team. He stayed with most of his, yep. most of his career. And then he, um, well, that and the Pittsburgh Crawfords. Crawfords yeah. Yeah. Yep. The Pittsburgh Crawfords. And then he played, I think uh, the Dragonis day, Kudad Triola. I can't believe I went for it. Me- Mexican That's, League, um, it sounds yeah, like. Yeah, Mexican <laughs> League and the uh, Azules de Franco- Veracruz. There we go. Get him like a channel in your Spanish right there. There I'm we impressed. go, man. There I'm we impressed. go. He's from Bonavista, Bonavista, Georgia, who in that town, I guess they have a water tower. That's that was an easy pull for me. I got that off straight from Wikipedia. There they, we go. Uh, they have a water tower uh, that proudly proclaims the town is to be the home of Josh Gibson, oh, which is pretty good cool. tribute, you know, pretty yeah. good tribute. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's, it, it, you know, with something like that, it shows that you know, he will, he'll never be forgotten there in uh, Bonavista, Georgia. So, yeah, um, man. Yeah. Like you said, yeah. Homestead Grays. I mean, it seems like he bounced between the Homestead Grays and the uh, the Mexican League uh, for for most of his career there. 
Yeah. Uh, was he a 12 time all star here? Two time World uh, Negro League World uh, Series champion, a batting champion. Uh, wow, 36 uh, three times, triple crown twice. Yeah. Uh, yeah, just an unbelievable, unbelievable career. And like and he- you said, with, uh, with stats not being, you know, as much as we, we, we can get, it's just an unbelievable. Yeah, I, I just kind of wish he was in the Major League Baseball just to see. Mm-hmm. I wonder what he could do. But for kids who watched his games growing up, Josh Gibson's games growing up, I mean, they got to witness greatness, kind of like yep. how we get to see LeBron James and mm-hmm. and Patrick Mahomes and Tom Brady yep. and what have you. I mean, these, yep. that's a very special thing. But I, I always thought, and there's some pretty cool stories So I, and doing some little a little research on him. Yeah. The way you know how he started playing, so in the Negro Leagues, he was a spectator at a game in which the Homestead Grays were playing. Really? In 1930. So he was just a spectator in the stands. Buck Ewing, you know, Buck, you, we've uh, all heard Buck uh, Ewing from the Negro Leagues. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's just, he got an injury. So basically, uh, at this time, uh, Josh Gibson was 18 years old. And by that time, he actually actually established himself in the semi pro games. Mm-hmm. So he they kind of knew who he was. And they said, oh, Josh Gibson is here. So. Negro leagues don't have, weren't very, they didn't have the, the kind of rules major league baseball does. So right. the, the grays asked him to suit up as a replacement, uh, <laughs> from the stands to, to the game. And he, he suited up and that was the start of his career. That's, the, that's so cool. Yeah, man. man. Imagine that sitting at a game. You know what? You get in here. All right. Yeah. All right. <laughs> yeah. Can, yeah. Can you imagine that? I mean, how oh, fucking awesome would that be? I mean, uh, it's once also said that he hit. That's what I love about the Negro Leagues. I love the the stories, the legends, and, and, yep. and he actually. It is said that he actually hit a ball 587 feet one day in spring in Tampa Bay, Florida. Wow! Yeah, wow. He hit a few 580s, 580 uh, feet yeah. foot home runs. He, um, the old Yankee Stadium. They they said that he hit a 580 foot home run out of that stadium at one time. Yeah, I think was it saying the only fair ball ever to be hit completely out of uh, a yeah. Yankee Stadium. Yeah, yeah, man, yeah, that's a pop in that bat. Woo. Yeah, man, yeah. that's amazing. A guy that was a really big proponent in us knowing who Josh Gibson was. Mm-hmm. Well, two people was Satchel Page. Satchel Page was friends with Josh Gibson, and he had a lot of stories about Josh Gibson. But one thing yeah. I always loved was about Buck O'Neill, the the famous Buck O'Neill, mm-hmm. the late great Buck O'Neill. He's the one that passed on these stories. We don't really know a lot of stories because we didn't know a lot of stories until it was somebody like Buck O'Neill who was instrumental in bringing forward the the Negro League Baseball Hall of Fame in Kansas City. And we didn't know a lot of stories until he kind of was giving accounts of the stuff because he played in so many years. I mean, he was at the start of it. So mm-hmm. we got to know Rube, Rube Foster more, uh, the, the the godfather of, of Negro League Baseball. We got to know Josh Gibson more. And like I said, people like John Donaldson and Cool Papa Bell, uh, just things like that. It's and, and players we, you know, that we will talk about in our Forgotten series uh, later too. It's just, um, it's just cool. It's just really cool. I always, I always love these, these, these stories. And Josh Gibson has been one of my favorites just because he's just a very mythical, like he has this mythical, like power and he doesn't even have a lot of, a lot of photographs of him. There's only like a handful of photographs really, which is kind of wild. You see him at the plate. You mm-hmm. see one where he has his catcher gear on and his face mask off. I mean, he doesn't have crazy amount of pictures like you see today. Right. Right. Um, he used to, he used to uh, carry a 40 ounce bat, which is, Fucking ounces, huge man! It's a big piece fucking of lumber. Huge, yeah, forty man. ounces. What is it? Sixteen ounces is is a pound, a right? Pound. Yep. 
So you, you figure know. he was he was carrying at least over two pounds of bat. Over two pounds of bat. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, just uh. the muscles you would have to would have to have to have it. And um, you know, and he kind of had a tragic life too. I mean, he had a couple kids. Yeah. Yep. And his wife, he had a wife named Helen, and Helen died while giving birth to his twins in 1930. Oh, wow. Just as, and this was just as just Gibson's career. Yeah. yeah, bro. Yeah. So yeah. it's it's kind of wild, man. And um, yeah. it's, yeah, it's just really sad. But yeah. at the same time, it's, you know, these are the kind of stories you hear in baseball and um, mm-hmm. And it's things like that. Now, obviously, like, you know, he suffered a brain tumor and he ended up dying, I think, I think he was 35. Yeah. Yeah. 47. Yeah. yeah. It was discovered. I think then he refused treatment or or something. So he just continued living with bad headaches. And then, yeah, he suffered a stroke. And that was the uh, the end of that. Man. Yeah. 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 It was the, and that was three months after when he died. It was three months after Jackie Robinson broke the color barrier. In baseball. Man. Yeah, man. So very tragic. But at the same time, sty- at the same time, it's 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 it, the Negro Leagues just one of them leagues, one of those leagues that was very well cherished and mm-hmm. it had its time. And and you look back and you're like there were so many good stories. And um, I mean, there's player players that would come out and say that like Roy Campanella would say every there were no Josh Gibsons in when he played in the major league when he played in Major League Baseball. So I have a quote here that he said, "Everything I could do, Josh could do better." Legend and uh, and then um also legendary uh, big league pitcher remember Walter Johnson um he said uh, he can do everything he hits the ball a mile he catches so easy he might as well be in a rocking chair and throws like a rifle man major respect throughout throughout baseball um for for Josh Gibson absolutely so definitely yeah man I'm glad we could have got, got to talk about him a little bit. Too. You rattle off yeah. some of his stats, and it's kind of interesting. It's those are the stats that they could could find, mm-hmm. but you just wonder why. It's always the, and that's what makes him so appealing. It's ooh, what could he have done, or what did he do that was never even, never even ta- never even recorded, right? Exactly, so, exactly. Those stuff that I, they did record in those games in the sixty forty some games. I mean, there was multiple times he hit over four hundred. Yep. Thirty six hit over no thirty seven hit four seventeen. Thirty nine hit four oh two. Forty three hit four sixty six, and that's out of sixty nine games that they could account for. I mean, that's like at that time, that's like half a season of baseball, or a little, or that's no, now that's just under half a season of baseball. That's pretty fucking good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I agree. Can you imagine I, if he it was in today? Oh, oh man, if we yeah, if we went to Bavada, I'd be betting all day on Josh Gibson. I'd be betting I'll all day that. on Josh on Josh Gibson, man. You Any know. team he played for, I'd be definitely betting for. Yeah, and I just love, and I'm looking more at at the tributes that other teams have done. You know, for Josh Gibson, uh, in 2009, Josh Gibson got a statue installed outside the center field gate at Nationals Park, along with Frank Howard and Walter Johnson, right. uh, just to show the importance that he had in the uh, the, wa- the Washington area there. And uh, um, like I said, ring of honor with the Nationals for a significant contribution to baseball in the uh, you know, di- uh, Washington, D.C. And Ammon Field in Pittsburgh was renamed Josh Gibson Field in his honor. Uh, his son played uh, baseball for the Homestead Grays, and his son was also, you know, instrumental in forming the Josh Gibson Foundation. You know, and there was an opera based on his life, The Summer King. That's oh, really? Fantastic. I didn't know yeah. there was an opera. Oh. Yeah, it was. Uh, came out in two, uh, April two thousand seventeen in Pittsburgh. Oh, sick! That's pretty yeah. cool. Yeah, yeah. If you could so. compare him to somebody today oh, in baseball, 
who would you compare him to? And dude, um, or compare someone to him, I should say. Man, that's that's a tough one. I'd say just based on on good average with power, I'll put him up there. I'd, I'd say Mike Trout. You know, with, oh wow, that's pretty good. Or, yeah, or or Aaron Judge. You know, just with the guy that you know consistently hits well, but also can hit with power. You know? Yeah. Yeah, I'd say like the early part of his career, I'd say like a Vlad Jr. Vlad Jr. Yeah. Very compares very well to Vlad Jr. Yep. And then, yeah, I mean, he could compare very well to a trout as his yeah. career went. Um, yep. Yep. It's hard to say. It would be. I wonder what how his game would have transitioned if he played in Major League Baseball, because at the time, I mean, you had some dominant pitchers in the 30s and 40s, but right. it's uh, I just wonder, I, I bet he would have just he would have murdered. Do, yeah. To, to get praise from someone like Walter Johnson, you hear Satchel Page, you know, talk about how great this guy was. I think, uh, you know, it, it, his game transcended leagues, and I think it would, uh, I think he'd, he'd fit in just fine. Like, like we talked about with his stature as a catcher, he'd be a great catcher in today's baseball. Just a great target to, for pitchers to go after. So, I think he'd be all right. Yeah, I, th- I think so too. I think he yeah. would. Uh... I think he would be at the top of the at the league in, in hitting, yeah. of course, and yep. especially with with a need for RBIs. It's one mm-hmm. thing I've seen lack the last few years. There's nobody mm-hmm. that's just murdering the ball and bringing in 130 a season anymore. Right? I mean, yeah, <laughs> yeah bringing in uh, just multiple runs a game every game. Um, yeah. I think there's more of a need for that. So yeah, um, Josh Gibson, man. So he's their number one pick right now in the forgotten series and then sometime this summer we'll definitely uh we'll get dive back in and get some more i got some ideas absolutely yeah. so so yeah uh josh gibson we won't forget you man no um, we won't nope nope and i gotta get more into uh playing the show more and because i enjoyed playing the uh they've just done a great job with the negro leagues and well, they did the yeah yeah um which i need to find more time to play <laughs> i'm just glad that they highlighted that because yep. It was in the game before they would have players. Oh, you could be right, but they didn't actually have a whole person. segment, on, like a whole storyline that you can do. Yeah, and they and never like really they do, brought you know. into the history, and yep. that's important for this younger generation. They have to know that there was another league out there at one time, mm-hmm. back at the start, near the start of baseball, near the beginning of the century, yep. near the first quarter of the century. There was, there was another league that was just so fucking dynamic, and those players ended up becoming because of Jackie Robinson into our league and making it just that much better, even better. So consider the women's league bringing that in too as another little, you know, storyline that they could do as well. That would be cool. Yeah. You know, yeah, because there was, they played an essential part, especially in mm-hmm. World War II. Yep. Yep. During uh, war times, it was huge. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, in some of the biggest stars from there, from that time as well. And just a great, yeah. It's just baseball has so much full history. And with players like Josh Gibson, it's yep. it makes it just that, especially because we don't know everything about him. Mm-hmm. I think it makes it that much more um, enticing. Like, oh, what what else is uh, out there? The what mysteries. else? That's why I love those stories. You know, just it, the 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 folklore that gets uh you know created with it. I love diving in and reading about that stuff. It, it makes it that much better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, they said like recent investigations into the Negro League statistics using box scores from newspapers from across the United States have led to the estimate that although as many as two thirds of Negro League team games were played against inferior competition as travel traveling expedition games, Gibson still hit. So they would say that he had 152 and home runs in official Negro League games. So that doesn't account for 
they doesn't account for so they said only two thirds of Negro League team games were played. Like that's the wow. ones that they kept track of mm-hmm. for most teams. So um and then some of these teams were because we're playing against teams that weren't a part of Negro League baseball. So right, right. Um, and that's probably where the barnstorming kept in and everything. Mm-hmm. But um yeah. It's, it was just fun. It's always fun to uh, cover people like this. Oh, I agree. I agree. I look forward to the next one. Absolutely, man. Yeah. So it's that time again. Let's uh, you want to <laughs> do some fantasy factory. Let's do it. Let's head on over to the factory. Let's do it. Man. Um, you and I did a trade together. <laughs> yeah. I honestly didn't think you would even accept the trade. Really? I thought you were going to counter it just because it was so pitcher heavy. And um, but I was like, well, I could, he probably needs more pitching. Yep. And I didn't want to give out because I basically gave up Mount Castle. I gave up Joe Musgrove. Yep. Chafin. Uh, Chafin and Cobb. Cobb, Cobb is doing really well. Yep. And and I just wanted Paul Goldschmidt um, because I, I just need a guy who's a little. He, Paul Goldschmidt's starting to take off a little bit. A little bit. So I'm kind of hoping. Long time. Yeah. And that's. That's why I knew you were okay giving him up, but yep. I was like, well, if he's taking off now and the Cardinals are getting better, I can see this turning around. So that's what I'm hoping, but this it could dramatically backfire too. Yeah, well, I think it worked for both sides. You needed more bat. I got the production I needed out of a bat in return and then got uh, uh, relief help as well as uh, more starting pitching because I've lost yeah. J- Dustin May. Lost a lot of starting pitching due to uh, injuries, so... Yeah, I forgot about Dustin May. He went. He's basically he's on the sixty-day IL now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I took another one. Took another one on the chin last week. So we'll uh, we'll just gloss really? over that. Yeah, eight to three. <laughs> yeah, I got my ass handed to me too. They do. Who do you play? My brother. Oh man, that sucks. He made sure I was aware of it. I'm like, oh good. Oh, <laughs> one time out of fifty. Oh. <laughs> oh, he let you know though. Oh yeah, you let me know though. It's yeah, yeah, my guys, I my hitting has just been down recently. Yeah, it's just it's been bad, man. It's been really bad recently. But okay. you know, hopefully on the upswing. Um, that's how that's right. a beauty, beautiful thing about fantasy baseball. But this week, Steve, we have yeah. uh, we're gonna go to the tr- trade analyzer. We have okay. the trade analyzer. Okay. You're gonna give it the veto for the yeah or nah. Okay. Okay. Uh, trade number one, Steve. I saw, and I wanted to see if it was something that you would do or no. Okay. Okay. Uh, Will Smith, Sandy Alcantara, or and Jonathan India for Shohei Otani. Will Smith, this... catcher. Sandy Alcantara, the pitcher, and Jonathan India for the Cincinnati Reds for Shohei Otani. Yeah. Is this no? a is this a Otani the hitter or Otani the pitcher? This would be Otani the hitter. I see. Okay. Um, I go yeah on this. Yeah, wow. yeah. I'd say I'd say it's a yeah. Um, uh, you know, Tani's having having a great year offensively, and you got you know pretty decent uh, hitters in uh, Jonathan India and Will Smith, Sandy Alcantara. Although he's not quite in Cy Young form like he was last year, he's still a high quality uh, starting pitcher. So I'm going to go yeah. It's a yeah for me on that. Yeah, yeah. It's pretty good, right? I mean, you have. Yeah. I mean, you got Love Will Smith, the catcher, who's one of the top mm-hmm. catchers in the league, and then Sally Alcantara, who's having a bad year. I have yeah. him on my team, bad year. You're hoping. The you're only hoping reason at this point it, you yeah. have him on your team is hoping that you spent a high pick on him, so you're hoping mm-hmm. he turns it around for the rest of the year. Yeah, like me with Trey Turner. <laughs> right, right, because you can't just give him up, right, because yeah. it could turn it around. 
Because yep. I was thinking, I was like, well, I, I might offer this to Steve, but I'm like, what if he turns it around? Then he's going to be my, my only good pitcher. So, uh, and then Jonathan India, who is literally the only good player for the Cincinnati Reds, like yeah, their you're star. Never, you're never talking about that with the Reds. Like, they're two games out of first, and their uh, payroll for their active roster is like $27 million right now. <laughs> Hell yeah, dude. If that doesn't show you prospects, prospects yep. is how you want to start your team. Yeah, yep. Exactly. Exactly. So, definitely a good trade. Uh, so, Steve gives it the yeah. Now, I number do. two trade I've seen. We're going to go with William Contreras, who the catcher for the Brewers, and Chris Bryant, the man at gunpoint by the Rockies. <laughs> exactly. That's all he's known for as our show. Like, why did you join the Rockies? Um, oh, man. For Spencer Strider. So you have William Contreras, the catcher, who, big catcher, big catcher, um, probably going to be better than his brother, I think, in the mm-hmm. long run. And then you have Chris Bryant, who's still having a pretty good year uh, for top one of the top games, top pitchers right now, Spencer Strider. Yeah or nah? Yeah, I'm going to go nah on this one. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's yeah. a it's a it's a nah for me, dog. I mean, two two players that are you know have okay pop in their bat. You know, having pretty good years. I think Bryant's batting 263. Contreras is at 253. Um, you know, not giving you much RBIs. I mean, 18 for Contreras. I think what 17 for KB. Yeah. So, so somewhere around there. For a pitcher like Strider, who is uh, arguably a Cy Young uh, contender here, I'm sorry, that's uh, that's not not enough. So it's a nah for me. Yeah, it makes sense. Not giving up enough for it, and yep. Spencer Strider can win you games more yeah, than the yeah, other two. Exactly. Combined, so. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Combine. You know, if they were helping to fill more offensive categories, but they're pretty much mediocre to average in offensive categories for those guys. It's so it's it's a pass for me. Ah, so yeah, on the first one, and now for the second one. Exactly, exactly. And that moves us over to starter sit. Well, let's cue the music and let's go. All right, for this week, Steve, starter sit, Stephen Kwan or Mickey Moniak? One. Okay, Mickey Moniak again or Hunter Renfro outfield? Moniak. Ahmed Rosario or Nolan Gorman in the infield? Gorman. Uh, Josh Jung or Ryan McMahon, second base, third base. Sorry. Josh Jung. Royce Lewis coming back from an injury, going to be one of the top shortstops with the Twins. Or Willie Adamas. Royce Lewis. Okay. Julio Rodriguez or Byron Buxton? Rodriguez. Byron Buxton again or Anthony Santander? Buxton. Okay. Brian Reynolds or Teoscar Hernandez outfield? Reynolds. Taking in the outfield, Austin Hayes or Seiya Suzuki? Suzuki. Estery Ruiz or Nick Castellanos in the outfield? Uh, Ruiz. First base, Seth Brown or Christian Bethencourt? Seth Brown. Alec Baum or Jose Ramirez, third base? Ramirez. Jose Ramirez again or Matt Chapman? Matt Chapman. Tough one, too. Yeah, it is. Altuve or, or recently back Jose Altuve or Andres Jimenez shortstop second base Altuve Altuve again second base or his predecessor LB Ozzy Albies Albies uh, Lords Guriel or Jorge Soler Jorge Soler he had like homers in five straight games uh, recently here so yeah yeah he'll, he'll tone it down again just get ready yeah so. I mean both are doing really good but Soler's yeah. on a hot streak mm-hmm. uh, Jared Kalenic or Mookie Betts outfield Betts Mookie Betts again, or <laughs> C.J. Abrams, shortstop. Oh, you can move Betts around here. I'll give me uh, Betts. 
uh, Tristan Casas, first base, or Matt Mel- uh, Matt Mevis, first base? Matt Mevis. Okay. Uh, Jiwon Bay or Brandon Drury, second base? Jiwon Bay. Yeah, base fast gets you those stolen bases. Mm-hmm. Uh, Eugenio Suarez or Gunnar Henderson, third base, for the last one? Give me Gunnar Henderson. I, I still think he, he's he's got it. He's going to turn it. I, I agree. Uh, wave, what do we got for waiver wire? So uh, here are three players that I'm looking at on the waiver wire this week that you might want to look at picking up. First is, I can't believe I'm saying this, Willie Castro. Can you believe that? Former Detroit Tiger, Willie Castro, is tearing it up with the Twins recently. He's up 22% in Yahoo Leagues. He hit 444 last week with two home runs, three RBIs, and four stolen bases. So he's got the pop, and he can steal you some bases. So uh, looking at Castro second is uh, Jared Schuster for Atlanta. Up 10% in Yahoo Leagues, like we talked about, the the Braves. Uh, next man up, they just keep pulling these things out. On the last two weeks, Schuster has a 3.09 ERA with 12 Ks. And uh, third is uh, Zach McKinstry for the Detroit Tigers. Uh, he's up 46% in Yahoo Leagues. He hit 381 last week with a homer, two RBIs, but really you're getting him for his ability to get on base uh, and then steal your bases. He has four stolen bases and eight walks in the last week. So uh, those are the three players I'm looking at here on the waiver wire for this week. Noise. Yeah, shall we uh, head on over to Collection Corner? Let's do it. All right. Yeah. Up for me this week is Nolan Ryan. Get it, Nolan. Yeah, I just uh, recently just did a, um, just watched a documentary of his, The Facing Nolan on Netflix. Uh, Yeah, yeah, I heard about that one. I think it was released this year or last year. I can't remember. Mm -hmm. Really good. Really good. Goes through his whole, yeah, man. Goes through his whole career. Uh, just he's kind of a big text. He's a Texan, man. He's a Texan at, at heart. And I never realized realized in that that how much he didn't like playing for the Mets. Mm-hmm. And wow. okay. yeah, and how he just always wanted just uh, to be at home in Texas with his family. It was always about he was offered a good hunk of money when he went from L.A. to Houston. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he's saved a lot of uh he could have got even more money if he went somewhere else but he decided wow. he wanted to be closer to home that was more important to him a big family guy priorities yeah yeah so um nolan ryan up $36.42 uh, is a 112.20% increase mm. market price right now so it's around $68.88 uh is 87 top 757 are up is 68 top rookie stars yeah. number 177 that's the one with uh, jerry kuzman on it as well okay. and his 91 score is around that's another one is 91 score is up as well and i remember that car that's when he was played for the texas rangers who uh at that time texas rangers weren't shit but uh in in the um in the documentary you know pudge got pudge remembers uh playing with him and um in the last you know year of his career last nolan ryan's career and what have you so Good. Uh, down for me is Spencer Torkelson. He is down $6.25. That's a 46.8782% decrease. Market price right now sits around $7.07. I mean, his tiger, Tigers are not even... You go on Bavada and there's... You can't... They're always down. Always bet against them because... Yep. It, I mean, I'm not saying the Tigers are so bad where you'll lose. I mean, you'll. it's kind of like an every other day kind of thing, but... If you're a bet man and you do go on Bavada, yeah, I mean, you anybody they're playing against, they're always going to be 
within uh, beat, beaten by uh, two or th- three more runs than any other team. So, right. <laughs> um, according to Bavada, so uh, Torkelson's down, or I'm sorry, uh, Torkelson cards you can get are his 22 top stadium club black foil rookie card. Number 167 on the cheap uh, is 22 tops finest flashbacks rookie card 172 and his 19 and his 2023 Bowman 86. Wow. So up for me this week, uh, it's surprising like piggybacking on what you said. If you're uh, if you're on Bavada, you always you're going to want to bet against the uh, Colorado Rockies because that team is dog squeezed. But up is actually Charlie Blackman of the Rockies. Uh, he is up two dollars and sixty five cents or an eighty two point three zero percent increase to market value of five dollars and eighty seven cents. So eh, he's still not getting much for his cards, but it's a nice increase for him. Uh, up cards includes 2022 Donruss Optic Lime Green Prism number one ten. It's 2017. Panini Donruss Dominations number 299. Uh, down this week actually is Ken Griffey Jr. Must be feeling down because Mickey just passed him on total bases. I believe that was the one they just passed him on. Yeah, so yeah. Uh, down $6.42 or 16.97% decrease to a market value of $31.41. Down cards includes 1994 Stadium Club Gold Rainbow Star number 85. And it's 2014 Tops Triple Thread number 227. So we uh, get the candles out and celebrate a birthday. Let's do it. I say the birthdays are kind of slim around this uh, for for this week, but it's a happy birthday to former MLB pitcher Jake Peavy, born on May the 31st, 1981. Uh, Peavy has a career, uh, 152 wins for his career, 3.63 ERA and over 2,200 strikeouts. Uh, Started his career, played a ball coat there with the San Diego Padres, uh, then moved on to Chicago White Sox, then to the Red Sox, and then ended things with the Giants. Uh, Career highlights include being a three-time All-Star, two-time World Series champion, NL Cy Young Award winner in 2007, also won the Triple Crown that year for pitching, Gold Glove Award in 2012, NL Wins Leader also in 2007, two-time MLB ERA leader, two-time NL Strikeouts leader, and is part of the San Diego Padres Hall of Fame. A little trivia on him is uh, PV is one of only nine uh, players in Major League history to have won back-to-back World Series championship titles on different teams. I did it with Boston and then moved on to the Giants and won there in uh, 2014 after winning with Boston in 2013. So it's a happy birthday to Jake Peavy. Happy birthday, Jake Peavy. Yeah. Deep poll, Peavy poll right there, huh? So, yeah, he was really good uh, early in his career. And just, yeah, as sucks. he went, he just wasn't uh, wasn't as, as efficient. I think there was a yeah. time where he took some personal time off. Yeah. And then yep. I, I think he tried to come back and it just wasn't happening. It wasn't the same. Yep. So, yeah. Happy birthday to Jake. Happy birthday. <laughs> happy. I thought you were going to bust out a happy birthday to you right there. Happy birthday to you. Uh, that's a fucking show. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I'm up, yeah, uh, was. Yeah, up in the was. UP, sweat my nuts off up here. No, don't worry. I'm down in the lower peninsula where we're sweating our nuts off here, too. So I'll we'll be back, back in the town over the weekend. There we go. All right. Yeah, I'll, yeah. see you. I'll see you. I'll see you. I'll see you. I'll see you. Nice. But, nice. um, yeah, thank you everybody for listening to the show. Be a bud, tell a bud. I can't thank you enough uh, for listening. Um, be sure to send questions in, or if you have any comments about the show, to at uh, on Instagram is usually the best way to DM us uh, at uh, Michael J Dalt or at Stephen dot Ford O two. Yes, and that was the best ways. But man, in the meantime. Y'all have a good week, and we will see you guys all next time. Deuces. Deuces.